0: Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, Mother-Daughter Team, Dr. Gloria, and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our first guest today, as you said, is Kimberly Rose, Carolyn, and our topic is understanding life after loss. Kimberly Rose Carolyn is the author of Walking Through the Valley of the Shadow of Death, a book about the holistic effects of grieving. Kimberly was inspired to write her book after her father David's death when she was 20. Welcome to the show, Kimberly.
1: Hi,
2: thank you for having me. It's great having you on the show, Kimberly, and uh, you've written a really interesting book. Uh, Could you tell us about it? uh, It's based on the loss of your dad and your mother's journey, right?
1: Right, right, exactly. And, yeah, a lot of it was inspired after, of course, my dad's death. He had had a prolonged illness. He had um, melanoma that had metastasized and um, ended up sending off tumors to his brain and spinal cord and eventually died. And um, so, yeah, it's a lot about our journey, a lot about my mom's journey as a newly widowed person um, at the young age of 49. <clears throat> and Yeah, that's really tough, such an yeah. early loss. hmm Now, uh, what, when, how long ago has it been? It's been almost seven years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And, how, and what inspired you to write the book? How did you decide to do it? And
1: Well, I decided to do it just um, partly because I felt like there was, there was a lot of good resources already out there about grief and the stages of grief or, you know, um, how people deal with loss. But also I wanted to open up to people the idea that there's a lot more that accompanies a loss. Um, And in the case of a newly widowed person, a lot of times there's finances that have to be dealt with. There's also social ramifications. You're going from being a married person to a single person, or in my case, a person who has a father to a person who no longer has a father. Um, And of course, all the emotional ramifications and even just being newly opened up to grief and newly opened up to the idea that not everyone really understands what's going on. So mm-hmm. You've got a lot of wonderful advice in there. And you also have
2: a really unusual section because I look at a lot of grief books when I have people on the show. You have a religious bent looking at the scriptures.
1: Right, right. And I'm a Christian, and part of the reason that I did that, I thought... Um, it would be an encouragement to people, even people that aren't necessarily Christians, just to look through, okay, there's these there's these scriptures that talk and have stories about people who have lost someone. And it's really interesting to note even um, just how Jesus always was so compassionate to people who had lost someone, whether they had lost a sibling or lost a spouse or lost a child. He was always very compassionate to those people, often did miracles. And then even in the same vein, there were a lot of people throughout the story of Scripture that that had lost somebody, and it's interesting to see how they dealt with it and how even in that culture and in that time, they had more of... um, more of an understanding of, okay, grief is going to take a long time. We need to set aside time to work through it. One of the stories that I really love is the story of Joseph when he lost his father Jacob. And um, he was actually living in Egypt at the time, and the Egyptians understood that it was going to take a long time for their family. So they not only allowed them three months to just grieve, but they also allowed them time to go back to the Father's Cemetery, which would have been quite a distance, and bury him and then come back to Egypt. So it just says to me that other cultures sometimes understand that grief takes a long time more than us in our Western culture today. Mm-hmm. Well, th- yeah, that's true. And I would suggest that if you do have a
2: Christian or interested that you get this book and, and read because there are lots of other stories in there. But, you know, uh, then you talked about some of the current religious things. It wasn't easy for your mom uh,
1: when she went back to church, right? Right, that's right, yeah. And I think, um, again, part of it is so much of our culture permeates even into church. And, you know, part of the issue was was. The memories at first, of course, she didn't want to sit in the same pew that they had always sat in um, and remember them doing things together at church. That was kind of hard.
2: And they put her in a singles group.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Right away. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was the next Sunday that she Mm -hmm. went back to church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The, The gal who was in charge of Sunday school had changed everything up arbitrarily, and it was a small enough church. They should have known. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and she was put in a singles group. The lady who was even leading the singles group was not even single. It's just her husband happened to not attend church. And (laughs) so there she was with a bunch of ladies who had never been married or ladies who had been divorced, um, but no one else who had been widowed. And a lot of those ladies hadn't even known about her loss. and
2: Yeah, and then you were talking about it can be difficult. Um, the the, the divorcees can be either a, a negative or a positive group to work with you. Some of them are, you know, wanting today to get in everything, and, and you might right. get pushed into that. Or sometimes couples, and I've heard this, we've heard this from other people, are concerned about having widows um going uh, out with widows with their spouses because they're afraid that their spouses will become interested in the widow or something. Right, so, right. Yeah, right. there are a lot of uh, interesting uh, issues and problems. I wanted to first, Heidi, you had a question you wanted to ask Kimberly to complete uh, this.
0: Yes, I just wanted to ask Kimberly from where she sat as the child of a mom that lost um, a husband, what did you see as the most pressing issue for your mother be, as you know when she became a widow?
1: Oh, goodness. You know, I think that the most pressing issue was just her having to adjust to having been from being married to now being alone. And um, at the same time, she was kind of going through um, the empty nest stuff. Mm -hmm. I had already moved out. My brother was getting ready to move out. So she was going from a family of four to zero, you know, in her mind just one, you know. And um so I think that was probably one of the most difficult transitions to watch her have to go through was being alone. Uh-huh. Like, and, and you as a child, it was hard to see your mother suffering. Right. Oh, yeah. And, um of course, any opportunity that I could, I would be, you know, in her life and talking with her. And my husband and I have always been trying to support her and help her out, so... And a lot of pressure for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of felt like you know I had um, adult shoes on before I really. Wanted to. <laughs> yeah, and
2: you would only been married what for a couple of weeks when you're. Oh,
1: actually, um, a dead. year. But still, not very long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. well,
2: yeah. Uh, well, certainly one of the biggest issues that I came up with in the book was financial, and I know there are right. widows out there now who are, are really struggling with that at right. every age.
1: Mm-hmm, Yeah, and it's really remarkable because a lot of people don't even realize that that could be an issue, but. The Boston College uh, Center for Retirement Research did a study that talks about how a lot of widows who are widowed before retirement end up either below the poverty line or pretty close to it, and part of the reason is some of the stuff that we don't usually think about. We we usually think, oh, well, we'll have life insurance, so we'll be fine, but... Mm -hmm. A lot of times, if there's a prolonged illness like cancer, it eats into savings, and the person who has cancer can't work, you know, maybe even a few years before the death, and those kind of things start eating in. And really so what have you
2: help. learned about yourself and about... Um, what you will do, and, and I'm thinking that for, the, for people out there who are, um, have lost a parent or have lost a spouse, what have you learned that you think could be helpful for those people out there?
1: Oh, well, for losing a parent, I just think that one of the best things that I did afterwards was attend a grief group. You know, um, that was amazing, just to hear other people have similar stories to, to mine and to be dealing with that, I remember even in our grief group, there was a widow who had her children come with her, and it was great to hear from these children that they are kind of in the same place as I was, not only dealing with, okay, I can never talk to my dad again, but also dealing with the fact that they had to help their mom somehow and figure out you know the rest of her life going and, forward and
0: will you do something Kimberly different with your in your own marriage and as a woman that's married now I mean will you knowing that you know your dad died suddenly I mean would you do something different at this point like preparing yourself
1: financially more I don't know what oh yes oh definitely yeah okay um my husband and I have both been very adamant about that and that's That's something that we've done is try to put ourselves in a better position um, in terms of, you know, more life insurance, in terms of planning for contingencies a little more, having more long-term disability insurance, that sort of thing. Um, But also something that my husband and I have talked about before, too, that my dad had never done for my mom is we've talked about having a plan in case he were to die or in case I were to die. And, you know, part of that is just a contingency plan. So if you die, what will I do for the next bit of time to put myself in a good position? And that's something that spouses can do anytime. They don't have to have had the experience that I've had, you know, um, or even be dealing with a terminal illness between one of them um, so making some plans yeah
2: about, about things well I want I want to make sure we get to this email because we received it today and it's from Nazar and by the way we we love getting your emails and uh, are, are very uh, happy to have them come in and, and we do look at them and we do answer them uh, it's from Nazar and she says that uh, my mom passed away 25th of July 2008 it must have been about nine um, uh well, she only died five days ago, if that's oh. the case. Wow.
0: Oh. And, and
2: no wonder she is asking this question. She says that um, I pray for my mom because I know she's already in heaven, so I pray to God and ask for forgiveness for not taking care of my mom well enough. Oh. It, is that a thought sometimes when your dad died? Did you feel like maybe you didn't take care of him well enough? or Do you have any thoughts for her?
1: Oh, I think that a lot of times there can be guilt feelings feeling like, you know what did I do? Could I have done more? could we have done more um, in a lot of ways, with my dad i felt I didn't feel that as much because I knew he was really proactive with um, getting treatment, but when I was kind of angry with him that he got cancer in the first place but, at first, but um once he got it, he was proactive in getting treatment but um I can understand that kind of thing, though, feeling like, feeling guilt feelings like, oh, I could have done more. Maybe I could have checked in on her more or whatever the case
2: is. Yeah, well, but, Nisar, we appreciate yeah. uh, your email, and my goodness, uh, very yeah. early. And uh, and we do, I think that what we'd like to do is normalize this, uh, the feeling yeah. that you you could have taken care of somebody they might have lived. Do you have any
0: thoughts on it, Heidi? I do because I see so many clients that have the same issue that have lost parents. They feel like, I could have, I should have, I would I should have done something. I should have stopped it, when in reality, they actually did not have the control they think they had. They right. actually did everything they could. I mean, who, who is to know that the person, their parent, was going to die, and they carry so much guilt. And I do try to normalize it and let them know, look, you did everything you could. You were the best child you could be. But right. unfortunately, sometimes in life, you know, Matt, even if we do everything we can, people that we love still die.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that, I totally agree with you guys. That's, that's, you know, all of us will die at some point, and it's just a question of when and where and how, and, um, that. But it seems unfair, doesn't it, when you lose a parent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as, as a young, and a
2: young, uh, a young parent.
1: Such right, as right, because, you know, of course, the people surrounding us, friends and whatever that are our age, don't understand because it'll be 20 more years before they start losing their parents but, yeah.
2: yeah and then we've got another email here from Christy and she says my mother was my world she's the only one that spent by me through everything and never judged me I'm losing my mind I can't sleep because my mm-hmm. mind just races and races what do I do help me please oh. well uh, Christy thank you for this email and I think that you're reaching out like this uh, is a great thing And uh, I would suggest that you uh, take a look at Jed Black's show that we did on Sleep, Heidi. Do you know what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a really good show.
0: That's that's in our archive shows on the grief blog. And if you go to the Open to Hope Foundation and go to the bottom, you'll see Parent Loss blog. If you click on that, every single show we've ever done on the loss of a parent is categorized there. It's really easy to access those shows. So you'll be able to take a look at that. Well, um, do you have any questions?
2: Ideas for Christy, Kimberly? She's having trouble sleeping.
1: You know, I think that um, with her mind racing and such, I think um, the main thing that comes to my mind is that she really needs someone to talk to about her thoughts. And another thing I would think, too, is when she thinks of something while she's trying to sleep, if she could get up and try to journal those thoughts down, is there's so much power in writing things down that can help calm a person. Yeah, I was thinking of you. have written this whole book, and it's been an interaction with your mother also, hasn't it? Right. Oh, definitely. And I've gotten a lot of healing from writing it. And even just being online, there's so many blogs out there where people will be writing about their loss. So I would even encourage her, if she wants to share it with other people, to blog about it or to try to put it in a book format or if she wants to keep it private, just keep it in a journal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are some things you can do for sleep, and I don't
2: know how early it's been for you, Christy, but um, exercise is important, uh, water, um, you know, there, uh, there are things. Uh, Jed Black said something I thought was really interesting, and I didn't realize that people actually wake up about, seven times a night mm-hmm. and I think that uh, some it, normally in your normal sleep patterns you come out of that and he said usually to say oh you know I'm awake and you go back to sleep but then the mind starts racing and thinking that, but I think realizing that waking up is okay I don't know yeah, that's it's a normal
0: thing and then no caffeine after what noon and try to avoid wine at night because wine will help you or alcohol I mean alcohol will help you go to sleep but it, al- it, ca- it also causes you to wake up throughout the night more
2: Absolutely, so uh, be careful with that. Well, Kimberly, uh, we've only got a a few more minutes. I wanted to ask you, how
1: can people get your book, Walking Through the Valley of the Shadow of Death? Uh, They can get it, of course, on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, uh, their local bookstore. Um, Also, I have some signed copies on my blog, which is walkingthroughthevalleyoftheshadow.blogspot.com. And so any of those means they can get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, Kimberly, thank you
2: so much for being on the show today. It's been great to have you on. Thank
1: you very much for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Kimberly.
0: You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.